1: Welcome to the Outer of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight on our program, we're going to feature an interview with an exceptional psychic medium. This guest, I thought it was amazing when we uh, talked with her. It felt like taking a warm shower and having 37 different body washes, which I already have. So it felt like taking a shower for me. I, I collect body washes, by the way. I have Bed Bath & Beyond, cannot keep up with me. I'm the customer that shows up on a regular basis, and I get mad when they don't have uh, Jelly Thanelli and all the other new body washes. They say I complain worse than uh, their female customers. But that's what makes me unique. And what makes our guest completely unique is the fact that she's got profound insight. Again, she's very warm. She was referred to us by Philip Smith. And once things start getting going, you're gonna see why she stands out. So when you listen to this particular interview, I would not only focus on the words that she says, but also focus on her energy. Immerse yourself in her energy and let it take you away. I think there's a lot of great things we can learn from our featured guests. So let us begin tonight's program. Joining us now is internationally respected psychic medium, Miss Patricia Michelle. We can learn more about her by going to her website at patriciam.com. Miss Michelle, welcome to the program, Great honor to have you with us. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Ah, thank you for inviting me to spend some time with you and your guests. You. Our you. What we call your audience. They're your guests, they're your friends, and they're your relatives. so that's friends, good.
1: relatives. They are the people yes. that are slowly getting cured for their insomnia every time they, they hear my voice. But, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I talk less, and we let, uh, let people like yourself talk more. Ms. Michelle, you were referred to us by Mr. Philip Smith, a phenomenal guest in our program before, and he had so many nice things to say about you. He was really just uh, so thankful to have met you. How did you develop your psychic abilities? When did you know you were a psychic, and what are some of the things that, I'd say, have made you stand out among all the other people that are psychic?
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, the, the first time uh, for me, and and I will tell your audience, I'm 81 years young, And um, still working very much and love it and and working full time, but um, I the first the first uh, manifestation of my gift really um, it began at birth. I was born with what they called a thin a thin membrane draped over my head, and what they some people call it a veil. And then, but my grandmother, for some uh, reason, understood it was a call. And I and I mean, I only learned later, of course, when I got older. And she would talk to me about this call. And I said, Grandma, how do you spell that? And she said, C-A-U-L. And apparently, during the, those times, so you have to go back to 1936 when I was born, and but what that did it was supposed to the person who was going to have this on their face when they were born they would live in two worlds the physical world and the spiritual world and that is exactly what has happened to me and so when um when grandma saw me being born and in those days we had a midwife that delivered me in the house in the home not in a hospital and she, my grandma, she picked me up, She and this is just the story that they tell, and she looked at my mom and said, um, Gladys, this child is going to be born to be a prophet, and she will know many things. Well, after that, after I experienced that that I didn't even know about, <laughs> so as I started to grow um, you know, m- m- becoming more and more older, uh, three years, four years of age, um, I would see things around people's heads, and I thought that they were lights. And I would say, Grandma, that person's got a light around their head. And so, but I didn't know that it was an aura, like people talk about auras today. So those were the things that I began to experience. And and I had several death experiences during those years. Um, I had a death experience at the age of seven, and I we we at that time lived in West Virginia, and they the um, my my dad didn't know how to swim, and but he took us to um the the river, and we were just going to play the our you know um my sisters and I we were going to play. And I was standing at the edge of the river, and I could see like a little island out in the center. And I saw these kids playing on this little island. And I thought, I'm going to go over there because I want to play with them. Well, I started walking into the water. We had our little swimsuits on, but but, uh, Daddy always said, you know, you can put your feet in the water, but you can't do anything. <laughs> Me, I take off and go across this little um, uh, water, what I thought was just plain water. And all of a sudden, I go on, uh, off a step off. So I went down into what they called a whirlpool. And I started going, my little body started going round and round and round in this little whirlpool. And at that, and during that time, I looked up. And because I, it was like, first of all, I started hearing like music. And, and I could hear like a bell, like, you know, like a little tingling little bell. And I could hear that. But those are the two things that I remember. And I can, I did not know I was dying. I had no idea that I was dying. I just was going around in this thing. And I couldn't breathe, and I was trying to come up for air, but it kept taking me around in a circle rather than going up. And then all of a sudden, I looked up. I mean, it's like I opened my eyes, and I looked, and there was a – and it was – when I was around, uh, probably around three years of age, and we won't have to go through that story today, but that I met my angel when I was around three and it was an experience that I had, uh, where I had gotten reprimanded and so forth and so on. And so I kind of knew who he was, uh, because I had had that experience. Well, all of a sudden I see this face and it's him. And then all of a sudden I feel like my arms are being pulled up and, but then I don't see his face. I'm, I just, I'm out. I don't, i can't tell you what happened after that i woke up and i'm on the someone had a man had uh, came and got me and pulled me out of that and took me over to the ground laid me down and was you know pressing the top of my back and what have you because all i remember doing was just spitting water out of my mouth and and that, was my first, and, and that was my first experience only of experiencing death experience that I didn't even know I had. I can tell you that. Now, several years later, what happened is during those years, in those days, and I think your audience, many of you will
0: uh,
2: understand what I'm saying, is we didn't go to the doctor very much. Um, and so when we had ear infections and things, Um, They would put little, my grandma would put drops in my ears, oil. I knew it was some kind of oil. But she'd put drops in my ears and when we had an earache and things like this. Well, at night, the ear would drain. And I would see, I'd wake up in the morning, and I had this drainage or fluid or something that was always on my pillow. And that went on for several years. Well, no one knew I was going deaf. And so whatever happened from that experience of uh, dying uh, in that water and then coming back to life, of course, um, then what happened is I had these horrible, horrible infections in the ear. Well, my grandma, she, was, um, she had raised me, and she, I li- she lived with us with my mom, and she always took care of all three of us girls while mom would work. Well, anyway, Grandma is behind me. I'm in the kitchen. So she drops these big, um, like, uh, pots and pans. Makes a terrible noise, she said. I don't know. But anyway, I don't turn around. So she picks them back up, and she drops them again. And she, And she said, you did not turn around. And I said, she looks at my mom and she says, Gladys, she said, there's something wrong with her. Well, what had happened, I was in the, I was around, I was 11 years of age. And in school, I was in the back of the room and I used to come home and I'd say, Mom, my teacher, all she does, she doesn't even pronounce her words right Ah uh, she mumbles constantly mumbles I said it's so boring and so I didn't know I was going deaf I had no clue that I was going deaf so anyway then so then my mom takes me to the doctor the doctor says you know what we're going to have to have surgery she's only got 5% hearing well, I can tell your audience when you're going deaf, you never know it. At least I never <laughs> knew I was going deaf. And so when we went um, and and I and they did started the surgery, well, the doctors did not know that I was allergic to the anesthesia. And so then what happened was that during that time. Uh, they didn't they actually did not understand it it's like when uh someone has um anaphylactic shock well it's like that but they in those days you know you're talking 7 years ago people didn't the doctors didn't understand what that meant and the anesthesiologists they weren't trained to recognize what was happening so what had happened is my blood pressure began to drop, and then my breathing stopped, and then my heart stopped beating. So the doc, yes, yeah, so I'm I'm dying on that table, and actually I did die. And when I died, I remember exiting my body. I was outside my body, and I'm looking at me uh, and them trying to put these things on me i don't know what they were but uh, but they were trying to do something to my chest and so but my angel was standing there and from that moment on i won't even go through that because it's a long uh, thing and and i i need to share so many things with with your audience we don't need to go there but but i will tell you that i went into the world of god and when i went into that world uh, i was afraid of water in fact i still can't swim today but but my it was like uh, my angel knew this it was like we were flying and there and it was like as soon as he knew i was up we were up in the air and i'm looking down and i see the ocean and and so what happened is and it was my thought i didn't say it But I'm going, I'm so afraid of, I'm, don't, don't drop me. I'm so afraid of water. I'm going to die. Well, I didn't know I died, but that's what I was saying. And he, all of a sudden, I felt like something under me, like, um, you know, like one of those boards that you, um, that you guys go on when you're doing your, um, swimming out there. So anyway, um, so here, then we went, we, he came down and we went through these trees and I remember looking up and some of the trees had like little flowers or something on them. I don't know what that was, but we just kept walking and, I, and, and then all of a sudden in front of me was a being of light and I will tell you. It, that being looked like, uh, now I understand it, but it, it looked sparkly. Every, bo- every part of it was sparkly, and it looked like diamonds. You know, now, I mean, at that age, at 11, I don't think I thought about it looking like diamonds, but after I wrote about it uh, later on, that's what it made me think about. But I didn't see a face. Now, what happened? I heard, I could hear the voice And I could hear this voice when after, it's like when I was with my angel and we were flying, and even when we were walking, but it was so faint and it was so far at a distance. Well, as soon as we got close, I could hear him talk to me, and it was like all of a sudden, and I have had this happen to even some of my clients when I would, not that they would do this, but maybe... It's experienced by um, those who had left the earth. And uh, what happened was I felt like that I was shrinking. Now, I was already 11, so I was little, <laughs> so I wasn't that big. But all of a sudden, I felt like I was shrinking, and I was getting smaller. And I, I, I something, I don't know what made me close my eyes, But I closed my eyes. I didn't leave my eyes open. I was, (laughs) I don't know why. But then all of a sudden I felt like arms coming out and holding me. And then I felt like I was being lifted up and I could feel a heartbeat. And I thought, I wonder if that's my heartbeat. And when I was, but, but wasn't my heartbeat because what was happening, I could feel the heartbeat of whatever it was that I thought, and of course I thought it was God, that his heartbeat was beating against me. And it was like I could feel both mine and his. Then all of a sudden it was like we were beating at the same time. Then I heard him, then he talked to me and
0: so you know
2: without
1: a doubt that God is a God is a masculine God's a he pardon so now do you do you you feel that without question that God is uh, masculine that God is a predominantly male Um, male kind of figure
2: no I didn't because I'll tell you what I felt like I felt like a mother holding me I instead of masculine I felt I felt like a mom I felt
0: at 11
2: years of age you don't have the call, recall like you do with an adult. But but that time period, I felt like it would be a mom who would pick you up, because not my father. I would never remember my father doing that. But I felt like a mother would do. And, and, I, and even when he talked, I felt, I can't tell you I felt masculine. I don't think I felt anything except the mother father energy because i could feel both and then of course when the doctors were bringing me back to life i could hear them hollering and saying patty come on patty you can make it come on you're ready come on you can do it and i could hear that and then i was pushed back and had to come back into my body well uh i can tell well now over the years i can tell you that I do not see or feel God, and I meditate now, and I have 46 years, and I've never missed a half-hour meditation with God in 46 years. And in that time period, I feel no, uh, I can't tell you masculine. I think my sensing is, and other people will have their own feelings of what they feel, but mine is, the the female male I don't think that God expresses himself in one thing and I remember in one of my meditations um, I had a vision and it was like oh thank goodness I'm going to see God's face in that vision but when I looked on his face and that's what I thought when I was in the in that uh, consciousness I saw brown, white, black, red, and it would like his face would switch to every color that you could think of that is already in the earth. And so when I came out of that, I said to myself, well, then God is all things in all colors, and he isn't just, you know, just what we're trying to picture him like, you know, a picture of Jesus.
1: Well, that should put a big kibosh on racism for anyone who's kind of racist and everyone's like, you oh, know, I'm part of this group or that group. Hey, guess what? God is all colors, all ethnicities, all energies.
2: Everything. And, you know, the one thing I've learned in the 46 years is this. People are in total, total shock. They go to heaven. And, and I will tell you, when you go into the world of God, um, you never die. Alone, but but people say, "Oh, my mom or my dad or whatever is supposed to be there." Um, almost invariably, the angelic there is always an angel who greets you and is there. Never are you alone when you pass on. But you have to go through what they call the judgment, and in our the Book of Life. And now, but it's not God who judges you. All you do is you go in, if there is a room, and I've seen all these people have had to do it. But what you do, you go through and you watch. What you're watching is um, they open up the heart, let's say, of the woman or of the child, and and they'll say to you, um, uh, and then your angels are sitting around a table like, right? and they will say, um, oh, well, what do you think about what just what what you just saw there? And if a father has been not very nice to their child or whatever, they may say uh, whatever they feel, like, well, my, when I was young, my father did this to me, so I didn't feel like that I needed to do any different. And all kinds of stuff. So but when they get through, have they never, ever, ever? It's not. It God or whomever is there is no one's judging you. It's you go through your own feelings and whatever you're going to do, and then after that you go because if you're going through the judgment, you are the one who goes into um, the world of God. Or now there is a outer world.
1: Hey, Patricia, there is an outer world. Before you go to the outer world, I just need to ask you something because it just hit me about this. When you're talking about the judgment, are these people that are there when they're doing the judgment, are they still kind of aligned to their human nature? Have they fully separated from human nature and become much more spirit? Or are they still pretty much in a human mindset only in the spiritual form?
2: Okay. Um, okay. The When they go into the judgment, they have only been out of their body a very short time um, to go through what they call their transition. And when they do that, um, it is such a loving experience. There have not been one person who has ever said that after they have experienced it, because they're talking to their family, um, that they have experienced anything that was negative. It's just a review. It's like you're reviewing your life, time you were born to whatever. And so, but they're very much into, they're still in their uh, form as human. Um, I, I, you know, when you're over there in that world, you have an identical body that you have when you're on the earth, identical. Plus the fact people live in houses there, I mean they can drive a car if they want to. Oh yes, see you know what everybody everybody is talking. You're going to hear all the stories from all these people that about the world of God. Most of them, I if they probably never died, never went over there, they never saw it. But there are trees, there are there are houses. The, okay. Think. Okay. And let me tell you. Think of the earth. Think of the earth. Okay. When God made the heavens, and and this this is, I mean, you have to remember forty some years. But when God, this is what I've gotten. When God made the heavens, He made everything in heaven, um, and He He made um, the small, uh, let's say, a small baby are the angelic beings that are we going to be his helpers and he made everything first in his world then when okay and then and then when he made the earth what god did is he made everything big so when when he made trees or the ocean or whatever if you read in any book whether it's
0: the whether
2: it's a, uh, Christian Bible whether it's uh, the you know Muhammad whatever it is um, that you will find everything that was made was large so what he does he the, the light bulb that you have in your your room right now that light bulb came first in heaven and then we get it so every inventor who has ever invented a light bulb, a table, a chair, all of them had like a reverie. They would say to themselves, you know what? It's like going into a semi-awake consciousness. Ben Franklin did it all the time. And they would go into that, and then they would come out of it, and they would have these wonderful, they'd sit down and they could draw it, and they could do it. Well, that came from God's world. So when people leave the earth, they go into a wonderful place. I mean, it's not a place where oh, you're going to fly around and you're going to be just half human and half whatever. You are human with a different body.
1: That's, That's pretty awesome. awesome. So, what's the point of, the, of this reality? I mean, this reality, we're here, we're human,
2: but you've got a lot of crazy oh, no. stuff going this, on.
1: You've got the no, perpetual no, no, no. wars.
2: This,
1: is this you talking yeah, about? No. Is this a reality without without the wars? Is this no, no no no.
2: There's two outer worlds, and I have always, always felt, and I've gotten more and more closer to the belief about this. There is two outer worlds, and, and I've written about these. But my, my belief and my sensing has gotten more and more into, there is the one outer world, which means it is not in heaven, but it is on the outer world. And let's just say people such as they murder somebody, whatever, they don't go burn anywhere. There's no burning in God's world. But people have mental torment, and they have to relive over and over and over what they have done. But they have an opportunity. Those people always has an opportunity to go on into yeah. the higher world. God does not want to lose one of his children, never, ever. And people who believe that the Jewish people, the gay people, the lesbians, all of these people that they're not, they're all going to hell, well, when they get into God's world, they're going to be so amazed because they could be your next-door neighbor. I just had a reading with someone recently, and, and, and that's what they said, is can't believe because and people are i mean because you go there doesn't mean you change your attitude or your thought process not in the beginning not just right away what happens is the mind of god becomes connected to all those who come into that world so people when they say there is no burdens in heaven and there aren't god if you have his mind and that's a part of you then there is no jealousy and there is no i'm going to hate this one and, and, and so people who think that so and so went into that world and they hated so and so well that person's going to continue hating so and so that doesn't that so, doesn't really... really
1: so this world that you the way you describe it actually has come out about and from two other people we've had on our show before it's called the luna world mm-hmm. that you know we never die that there's a, the, there's always your mirror self that's in this uh, reality this is a way of describing it. So there's this identical world, basically, but without all the pain, suffering, anguish, and hell that we guess we have in this current physical reality. I want to know this. that Do you have to come – do you have to co uh, this world as a human being? Because I have to tell you, Risha, I'm done as a human being. I want to go to another evolution. I want to come back. I want to evolve and become a virus or become another uh, creature. I'm, I'm kind of human beings. I'm kind of like – I think I've gotten a lot of the experience of being human, but I'm ready for the next evolutionary step. And have you ever perceived other realities where human beings oh, sure.
0: go
2: well, beyond that? Well, uh, I think that, okay, okay, that where you are, all right, man is, when man is born, You okay, people think two to 4,000 years. That's not accurate. Man, be, okay, let's just pretend that you, uh, have come into this earth and, 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 and you're being born, you probably, and this is my sensing, the reason why you have the, the ideas that you are having right now. Those are not by coincidence. When a person has those feelings, this means that you probably are over a million years of age already and, and you have been born uh, into life probably took your first breath of life but you probably were like uh, maybe had an ethereal body may have had a rubber body but whatever that body is you 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 went through many different phases until you became human so when you think oh i want to be a virus or i want to be a maybe an animal or, i want to be this well now a lot of people in india Not everybody in India believes this, but some of them do believe, oh, that's why the cow so sacred is that, you know, it could be Uncle Joe. Well, okay, and that's the way they believe, and that's fine. But it happens the same um, of what you're experiencing. What you experience is that totalness of who you truly are, and it's nothing wrong with what Brian is saying that says, any different it doesn't mean that what you say is incorrect it means that this is how your soul is unfolding now let me tell you something that most people and you probably have no clue about now and i'm not putting you down or anybody go right ahead go
1: ahead i'm married i can handle it all
2: okay this you can handle this okay reincarnation okay all right everybody thinks that when one reincarnates, they're just going to go to heaven, and then when they're in heaven, and they want to be born again, they're going to jump back into life, and they're going to be born as the grandchild of their daughter. Okay. I mean, they're going to be born as the daughter, which would make their them the, the grandmother. Okay, now. But that, isn't, that is not the way it works. Um, what happens is this. When... Okay, when you die, you do die once, not to be born again. Now, but let me explain. I want you to visualize an atom, just an atom. And inside that atom are thousands, hundreds and thousands of lifetimes. People, that's who they are. That's you. Inside that atom, there are Let's just say 1,000 personalities, they're all Ryan. This is his. Okay. Now, when Ryan dies, let's just say Ryan goes to heaven, and he's living in, let's say, the fourth heaven, which is wonderful. It's opulent there. And he's got a great place, and he enjoys it and the whole bit. Now, what happens if you get ready, and, and that opportunity may come where god who is in the seventh heaven and and you and you say okay you know what i am ready i would really like to go back and be a part of whatever whatever okay you yourself ryan will never leave the world of god and the reason being is when your grandmother passes when your mother passes when whatever passes they're all going to see you there so but what happens is that your soul, okay, your soul that has many, many different lifetimes is going to go up to the highest part, which is your seventh heaven, and you're going to take a trip, and you're going to go back through the ethers again, but not Ryan, and only a piece of Ryan's soul, a piece of it, will start that journey back into earth, take on a brand new body again, and so that's how you continue one life after the other after the other you never have to come back into this life again never ever ever but i believe this is my belief and i've been feeling it for a long time i said there was two outer worlds and i believe that the one outer world is earth i believe i've seen it i didn't know what i was looking at all these years But I believe it is Earth, and I believe Earth is a place for us. We're going to learn lessons. It is a place. I mean, some people will say it's like hell, you know, because they don't want to come back here again. Many people usually, if people are saying, now, again, remember what I'm saying. If you feel, I'm never coming back to this place again. Well, nine chances out of ten you'll never come back to this place again you'll probably go to a you'll probably go to another area of life god doesn't just have these different uh, levels of heaven when you hear people say oh there's seven heavens i mean seven levels and you either go to the first heaven second heaven whatever they're talking about and that's true you go third fourth whatever but there are other galaxies That people do go there's some places that perfected they're very perfected the earth people will never touch those places but there may be someone like you who believes and if this is in your consciousness and you're going to go there I mean if that is where you're going to go you may understand that you understand it on a different level than most people are understanding it okay now so so this, you know, so it means to me that you're probably an ancient old soul and you're already making the ultimate decisions. I am not coming back to this place again. Well,
1: I hey, Patricia, when it comes down to it, I actually love Earth. I think that Earth is beautiful. I love the animals. I love the tropical, the Caribbean, the blue skies, the sunset. But this is my issue. I have to say it really developed over the last five years, maybe the last 10 years. People drive me crazy. I think they're they're too many idiots on the planet that just make me crazy. So my thought was this. I'm like, one of two things are going to happen. One, we're either going to have to get a bunch of idiots off the planet, which is about four billion people. My thoughts were, we need to have a plane that carries a bunch of Twinkies behind it and lead all these people off a cliff. Now, to put together something like that would take a lot of time, effort, coordination, and money. And I just, I don't have the time for that because I have to work and take care of a family. The other option would be evolve and grow out of here and go to a different Earth and hopefully the, the people who are crazy or are idiots aren't going to catch up. So I have a couple lifetimes of just peace on that planet. So those are my two options. So I really would like to stay here unless there's some kind of thing that's going to take a lot of people off this planet in a peaceful like manner. But I don't know. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Do you, do you foresee it more likely that you're going to have to leave here and, and this place is going to be the way the same?
2: I've, I have a feeling that the Earth... Okay, there are – what you're not seeing, there's a big, big thing. There's a much, much larger scale of what's really going on. What you're seeing is absolutely a fact. You know, there are people who irritate, who you call them crazy. Other people do too. But there are also, without you knowing it, there is a lot of people that has been sent back into our earth and sometimes people call certain people, they'll say, oh, I just met an earth angel. Well, there are, uh, I'm going to say, over 100,000 people who have been placed in different parts of our uh, world, Asia, Europe, all over the United States, all, all over every continent. And these people are there to assist that area of life. And the reason being is so the earth does not tilt, does not go through its process that it did before. So there is a lot more to what earth is experiencing than you, than you know. You know, on a, on your level, you're seeing the crazies, you're seeing all of the things that you're experiencing, and that is true for your consciousness. But, underneath all that we are seeing what is happening is that there is a balancing people think you're going to self-destruct no not the way it's in right now there's too many things that are in place that god has already put in different parts of the earth that are will save us so that we do not self-destruct now that doesn't mean that in a hundred years from now, or thirty years from now, something could happen that I don't see because I probably won't be here. But now I do have to ask you a question because sure. it keeps coming to me very strongly. Now, do you happen to know uh, the the world of God? It just it's like that door keeps opening. But I the 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 person's name I kept asking because I talk to you, but I. Yeah mental telepathy when i talk to that world but i ask the name keeps coming joan marie do you happen to know who she is i keep feeling like she's connected to you and you were around 11 years old if that's if that's true are 10 or 11 years old when she may have left this earth
1: you know i don't well the name doesn't i'll have to do a little research
2: Okay, would you do that? And would you also, I'll tell you the name, she keeps saying, uh, the name that is very, very, uh, that she keeps coming up with, rather, I hear Bill. And then I said, well, who do you know that's here in this earth? And she said, I know Bill and I know Bridget. And she and, but it, I have no idea who okay.
1: those people are. Well, I'll tell you who those people are. Those are my parents, Bill and Bridget. So.
2: Okay, well, then they're related. Yeah. And I heard, okay, then I heard BB. I don't know. I thought I heard a BB, but then I thought, I'm not certain. Because, see, when you're doing mental telepathy, you don't know whether you're hearing uh, or it's a sound alike. So But yeah. I just heard. Yeah, but yeah it's, BB. But it belongs to you. BB is my
1: wife. BB is my wife. Wow. I'm officially blown away. This is awesome.
2: Okay. Who's Joyce? Because someone is talking to a Joyce that's here in the earth.
1: Joyce, probably Joyce Keller, a very dear, beloved friend of mine.
2: Okay. So these are, I'm telling you. Now, I'll tell you what that tells me. Sure. You did not ask for spirit, but I can tell you, if spirit is already moving to you, it means you're so open That spirit is with you and probably hangs around you a lot. So you're, you are experiencing daily with what you are doing. You were guided as a child to do the work you're doing. And you know what? The regular world can never, ever be a part of who you are. Never. I mean, you're not. You, you, you have to follow a different path. Plus the fact, even where you live, you cannot live in a place that is hyper, got all kinds of stuff running around, all, nothing, nothing, nothing like that. You have to be in a place where it's family, where it's calming, where it's nature, where you take walks and you can do things. And it's, it's because that's who you are. Inside of you, you're the family man. So- but you should
1: I have to say I'm, I'm blown away that the names that you picked out so quickly because they were so like close, so it's amazing, so thank you for uh, for sharing that and you know when I talked to Philip Smith, yeah who, uh, he was so shocked at your ability to have an ongoing discussion with his departed father, Lou, who yeah how are you able to facilitate communication with people. Who've crossed over, and it seems to be, I, I thought it was very challenging. I thought it was very challenging. i no. very challenging. Why? Is, how are you able to do it? Were, are there any tools and advice you can offer to people to have communication with those? I think
2: over? they okay. Well, first of all, I don't want them to die like I've done, but but I, you know what? I, I do do this. I have been 46 or 47 years. I, uh, I meditate every half hour a day, and, and that's the time that I, ma- I made a decision many, many years ago. I was very, very ill and had rheumatoid arthritis and was going in a wheelchair. After that, um, this, all of this started to happen with my mind, and, and, and really I began uh, my psychic work is when I started doing uh, mind techniques, visualization, trying to... Uh, Keep from going into the wheelchair, and I was working with the Arthritis Foundation, uh, trying to use rubber balls and do all those things. Well, what happened is that the one one teacher said to me, "Uh, "I need you to meditate. You've got to meditate, and you will be healed." I said, and I would meditate. I would do the half hour that he told me to do, and I would call him up on the telephone and I would say, "Amiel, I am so sorry." but I shouldn't be meditating. I'm in such pain, I think I'm going to die. And he would say, go back to the meditation because in the meditation there's a healing. Well, during that time, six months later, after I meditated, every solitary day, and I was on welfare because I was so sick, and I meditated two times a day. Well, in six months, I went into remission. And anyone who has RH, you know, you go into remission and what have you. Well, I did. I went into remission. I went back to my doctor and I said to him, you know what? I said, I'm healed. And he looked at me and said, no, not really. We have to wait five years. He says, and we're going to, you'll come back into the office and you're going to get a blood workup like you've done. This is how they know that you have Rh. And in that time, he said, we'll see if you're healed. Five years later, uh, Ryan, I was, I had nothing in my blood stream at all no RH at all but you know what I did I did every day I kept saying okay I will promise you God that if I don't have any RH I will sit with you every solitary day I will not break an appointment with you and I haven't for 47 years and I believe that it's because I sit in the silence I let him be the teacher and it's like I'm receiving that other people don't—they don't receive. So I think that's what it is. I don't know what it is, but I can tell you that as soon as I'm that door opens to God's world, and when it opens, those people come in. I can tell you things. I can say that it's unbelievable. I don't even know how I do it. If I told you I knew how I do it, I would be a liar. I really well, it's, don't. It's, know. I think
1: it's interesting that you're able to direct, uh, communicate, facilitate uh, in, in communication with people across. Cause I, I always thought it was a challenge. I thought it would be a challenge to,
0: no, you know, to find spirit. No, it's easy. Really? <laughs> oh, yes, so it's All right, that's so easy.
1: if a person says, okay, you know, I want to reach out to my mother, father, or beloved person of Christ, what are some of the first things you recommend doing that, in order to tune into their frequency and to receive direct contact?
2: Okay, I think one is uh, believe. You know, most people are, well, and some people are fearful, you know, because religion says, Oh, you're not allowed to conjure up the dead. You're not allowed to talk to the dead. Well, God has a bridge that He has made from His world to this earth, to, and it's open. And people are allowed. Those people over there, they move to you as your family here. Those people move to us and they talk to us, but we don't. We don't acknowledge them. They flip the lights. They do all kinds of stuff that makes you know that they're with you, but some people are so afraid they close down. So you have to open up. You can't. Some people will say, oh, yeah, well, I don't even feel my mom around me ever. And I say, well, do you have a belief that mother could be with you? Because I mom is standing there and mom says things to me, and she, uh, she'll say, oh yeah when i died you kept saying oh well if you're really here then show yourself and i said you don't believe that that this possible you have to do that you know open yourself most people don't open themselves you do i, I mean you I, are I you, tried, but you're you an know, open vessel i
1: i try you're, and i was and i actually have told some of the guests about this i always um i do regularly try to ask my spirits like Hey, spirit guides, Ryan here. Um, I'm open to receiving any messages you may have, and then it goes completely. Yeah, but Ryan,
2: you can't receive. I can't receive. And the reason, no, you know why? Because now I'm, I'm in your energy, and I can tell you why. Your brain is like someone who has ADD. Your brain is going back and forth like I'm telling you. If I was in your room, you could do five projects. You would be over here in the corner, and then you would walk over here and here and here and here, and you would be doing shuffling papers, and you could have five organizations and take care of all five of them because your mind is always exploring. It won't shut up. Well, I try. I, mean, I I've, seriously, I've no. done the
1: meditation, and I, I get to my mind quiet, and I focus on my breathing, and I'm like, okay, well, here's some time.
2: And at <laughs> night, I I, go to, I
1: like to go to bed at two o'clock in the morning, where it's quiet. And then I sit down, and I go, okay, I'm am o- open for some wisdom spirit guys, no. and then they're quiet, and I'm like, you know what? That's a, like, what is up with that? What's no, no, the attitude?
2: No. no, you're not. No, you know what, honey? You're you're trying. What you're doing is you are trying so hard. You have to, I mean, I can send you, I have a meditation tape. I don't think you really, I think you are asking asking for your thought process. Your guides, the, the, what is happening, you're receiving messages, but you don't always know it. And, and you could not be who you are right now. You couldn't even run this show. You could not be as creative as you are if you were not being given a lot of information from a different source than what the earth is giving you because i can tell you education you may have gone to college you may have done whatever you did but it has never taught you a thing compared to what you're doing because it's in your well it's in your doing that that it's happening but i see you as not really. You, you cannot right now with your energy being the way it is. You almost have to be guided. You cannot sit there and say, "Okay, guides, come and tell me things." That's not the way it's going to work for you. Now it won't work, uh, Ryan. I can tell you, it will not work for you, honey. You, your, your body, <laughs> your wife she has to go. Oh my God! Here oh, we go she's, again. Oh, she's, she's got. She
0: always
1: has. She always has wine near her.
2: Come on! <laughs> no, you're you're funny. They're not going to do that. I mean, people think God, guides are simple, they're easy, but 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 you you can't depend upon them. I mean, if I said to you, put the white light around you for protection, and you went to the cliff, Ryan, and you jumped off, I can tell you, you're going to die. <laughs> that, white light, that white light's not going to keep we have to keep that it. quiet too many people will get excited
0: uh,
1: i had the pleasure of um speaking with a couple of our really uh phenomenal listeners julie julie and kate and, um, and i feel like sometimes i talk to our listeners that they're really they're awesome they really are amazing and uh, as far as they go i know that they, they listen to our show because tentatively, tentatively, they listen to our show because they want to open portals within themselves and find love and peace, but. Say, for example, for a person who's grieving right now, who's mourning the loss of a loved one, how mm-hmm. do they really intensify those uh, being receptive? I mean, what if they, other people are like I am or their brains are oscillating quickly? Is there any way that anything that they can do to kind of calm down their brain and to be open and be more receptive? Okay.
2: All right. I think that uh, people grieve. You know, we in the earth, we grieve for our loved ones. And it's us who are grieving. Once they move into their world, um, that grieving stops for them. Now, they will miss you like crazy. They will want to be connected to you. They want to lay down next to you if you're a wife and a husband team and things like that. It It is like a, a – but there, it's uh, we need – it's us. We're the ones who are saying, I am lonely. Why did you leave me? I, I need to have someone with me. Well, um, in the grieving process, open yourself because your loved one is probably standing right there in front of you. It's, here's what I tell people. When you think of your loved one, now I mean this, as soon as you even think of them in your mind, within seconds, that person is right there in front of you. Uh, everything moves very quickly. And so we're being guided. You're being guided, Ryan. I mean you just don't know it on a mental level because your brain is going crazy. <laughs> I mean, it isn't going crazy, but but you're so you're too intelligent. When people who have that kind of intelligence and I have to do this, I have to do this. Oh my God. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> I well, mean you're a Patricia, you're, but I'll I can tell you
1: I'm driven because I we're doing this out of limits of energy threat. I love it so much. And for everyone that's listening right now, I am so committed with all my heart to every yeah, single person listening because I want them to, to have the best experience possible. I want them to know that when they're giving their time, their effort, and energy, that I want to give them everything that we I can we can offer to them because um, I love them, and they deserve it, and they deserve
2: yeah. to have everything. That's exactly why I called them family for you because no, I, as soon as I moved into your energy, you never separate yourself from anyone and, and you're always giving. And you, and you're, you know this BB or I think that's what you said is your wife. Yeah, my wife. But, but I'm telling you, her energies face you. There is such a love for you guys. I think you're soulmates, but, and I feel like, I don't think you've been married all that long i don't know how long but i would say you're still in love <laughs> that's how i feel it's oh like, no no believe so? me
1: we're we're at the point right now where we, we just started being able to you know we don't close the door anymore when we go to the bathroom so we're at we're at, we're at that phase three of. yeah, phase. yeah so. uh-huh.
2: okay but that's still that's but that's the stage where everything's perfect it's okay it's like we, we're okay together you see what i mean she either has a child or there is she's gonna to have to be very careful because a baby's going to come hey. and touch her and be there. Are you sure you don't have a baby?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean unless there's someone else is visiting the house. I leave no. the house for a very short period of time. I've got to check to the security camera and see if see if we have any unannounced visitors coming to the house.
0: Because...
2: No, no, no. It won't be that. It okay. won't be that. No, because she is the mother. She keeps mothering you. You say you you say no, no, but that's not true. If you don't want a baby, then you just got to be watching it. No,
1: I, I definitely want a, I definitely want a baby because seriously, I need somebody to to um, to take over the outer limits of intertooth radio, Sean. I want somebody to change my diapers when I when I need. <laughs>
2: okay, yes. all right. I want to say, listen,
1: okay. I will change the baby's diapers. Like you see how Daddy's changing your diapers? Now you do it. Now you do it. <laughs>
2: That's right. Yes. You do it. Put your own on. <laughs> you must learn
1: the art. Uh, yes. As it's, um, yeah, Patricia. I'm curious. Have you ever picked up anything? As far as coming Earth changes, because on our program, we've discussed this, and it is going to be is one of the core principles that we foresee a, a, a large event happening. We're going to call it the largest event in human history. It is an event that we've actually, um, I'd say, we see happening across multiple experts that we've had on our show. And a very small percentage of the people, I think, see it crystal clear. I see it crystal clear. vast majority don't even see it. Do you foresee an event where humanity will kind of be put to the ultimate test as far as survival goes, happening in the near future?
2: Oh, I I feel like that we're not too far away from something that is so astronomical and it could be so horrendous, and mankind is at the verge, and I'm telling the people out there, and the reason why what you're seeing is as is because Mankind is, there is so much negativity right now on planet Earth, and it's moving from, it's not just us, it's in Asia, it's every country. If I had, I tell you, what I am seeing is so terrible that if this continues, and it continues, there there either is going to be a horrible war, war, or we're going to have, an event that will be so astronomical and many many people will die if man but mankind has the power to change and if they can change you know there's something about be kind to your neighbor be loving be loving to yourself too many people are they're upset about everything i mean whether it's it's The negative negative and the positive I mean I can understand why people feel the way they do but we have got to take charge of our life not look at it not look at people in charge not the government not the president not any of these people you have a right to take charge of your own life your own heart your own being if we can do that and start changing within our own homes and in our in our schools and i cannot tell you i have so many people that come to me their children are being bullied this is not good they if they can understand that god loves the children and he loves he loves all of us homosexuals whoever we are these are his children and he wants every one of them home He doesn't want to lose any of them. I swear on my children's head that what I tell you is the honest God's truth. But people want to see people burn. They believe, and and see, the Bible is translated 18, 19, 20 times, translation after translation, and it's out of context. It's not true. It's not what you think, but they want to believe that. And I am very much a believer of God. I'm very much a believer of, of everything, of even the scriptures and, and the Quran and all these things. I think they're wonderful, and everybody needs something to hold on to or pray to, and our children do too. But I am telling you, if they continue hating all of these people, hating the Asians, hating the Muslims, if you continue doing that, our world is going to go through something that is going to be horrendous you're absolutely right you're right it's going to happen and we got to pray that this changes and ryan hopefully the people that come on your air the other people that you're talking about they've got to bring the word we've got to change it can't continue
1: this is a great actor i mean i would call him i love this gentleman his name is rob Snyder. we hope to have him on our program in the future Oh, yeah. I think it's phenomenal. I love this guy's energy. And he really talks about this thing. If you turn off the TV and you don't listen to the media and you talk to your neighbors, I think most people get along really good. A lot of people, I think there's a lot of love and peace. So I know that we're on the precipice of maybe something crazy, but I always wonder if it's being perpetuated by such a small number of, of people. And it is. this idea of the, uh, the peace—I think it's there, but it, it, it's if you get a bunch of troublemakers. So I'm like wondering who's going to go? Is there going to be the peaceful people on the earth? Or are we going to go to someplace else? Or are the troublemakers? Are they going to be off the planet?
2: I don't know. I just no, don't know no, how it no. We can coexist. That's not the way it works. No. That isn't the way it works. You know, we can think those thoughts, but you know, one of the things that is as you, okay when you're thinking of something—even the troublemakers, you know—and they are misguided see so everybody in life has worth and even those troublemakers have worth so but but if but what happens is this is that in in you're right but change has to come it has to come within us it comes within and then it works from us it's the mother and the father That are taking care of their children and dropping them off at school. It's what they're saying, what their, what their children are hearing them say. And they're, I mean, I'll give you an example. My husband, who is a doctor, he went, he's got a beautician who's Asian. And he went, uh, oh, two months ago, let's say. And she is crying. I mean, she wasn't when he got there, but she says to him, you know, I'm in the grocery store. And she said, a woman comes up to me and says, why don't you go back where you came from? You don't belong in this country. Well, she's got four or five children. She's been here probably 25 years in her life. And But these are the things that are happening in our world. This should not happen. People shouldn't do that. People, shouldn't, people should not, out of your heart of hearts, how would you like that? If your grandmother was standing there, all of us come from out of the country. I'm Irish and and, and English. I mean, my grandparents and people came from other countries, and they got here. Why in God's name can't we see that we are not pure Americans? We're not pure white. We've got all kinds. All you'd have to do is get a DNA from Amazon.com. I did. And you know, I know how much European I am and what have you. And, and they would change their mind. And hopefully, now I had one lady. Oh, this was this, this lady. She went and had her DNA, Amazon.com. She's a white woman. She hates black people.
0: <laughs> and, and this
2: is her. But it. guess what? what? She is 15%. She is 15% Negro.
0: Oh, my that goodness. That
2: is what it says. And, I, mean, I mean, this woman is wanting to kill herself right now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, to tell you. So if you only knew that we're all one, we're all one. So uh, we need to get together, and we need – here's what I do. Now, I do this every day. Uh, before my meditation, what I do is I close my eyes, and in my heart, what I see is this. This is where God is. Okay, so I say, God, give me your wisdom. And what I do is I close my eyes and I see the wisdom. It's like it's almost like a gray little area, and I see it going up into my my mind. And I say, Give me your wisdom, God. And I put it in, and I see it going into my head. Give me your knowledge, goes into my head. Give me your love. Give me your understanding. Give me your courage. Give me your will. But, okay, so when I put all of those up there, then once I get them up in my mind, then what I do is I send every one of those things, I send it out to all, I just say, God, send this to all the leaders in the earth, send it to the, our President of the United States, give him understanding, give him courage, you can give him wisdom, because I feel like anyone, and no matter what it is, we all need that. If we have the wisdom and the understanding and the courage and the will to do what we need to do, we will make it, and our earth does not have to go through this horrible catastrophe because there will be many, 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 many millions of people dead. So I am telling you, you know, with Rob and all of the wonderful people that you have on your show, uh, thank God, because I believe by you being there, Brian, you will be a spokesman, and help our our planet to heal before this
1: happens. I hope so, and I know that um, it's probably going to sound dark. I don't know what to say, but this event, this cataclysmic event, I almost feel like it's a necessity for it to happen because yeah. I don't know if anything else is going to bring humanity closer together right now. There's a frequency. I again, what if we've had another teacher on where well, we've well, actually another teacher we've, we've who's work we studied said that humanity mm-hmm. is going through uh, two different evolutions. There is, it's splitting off. It is literally splitting off into two different evolutions that the people who mm-hmm. want the tyranny, who want the repression, they're going to have that. And the ones mm-hmm. who want the freedom, they're going to have that. So yep. everyone ultimately gets what they want. I look at the, at the limits as a opportunity for people to maximize their evolution or open whatever doors they want for their evolution to become stronger and to become strength, strong during a calamitous period. And also to, to just be happy with themselves and rest in more light and peace. So oh, my God, yes. I, I don't know where – yeah, so if this thing happens, I mean, as negative as it sounds, like, yeah, you don't want people to die, but, you know, ultimately – I mean, is, is it ultimately going to be better for the species, or is it ultimately going to be better for the planet? Because the way things are going right now, I mean, we're killing
0: the planet. Okay, well, there's
2: it. always – okay, Earth is always in its own way. Remember, the Earth is the mother, but the Earth itself always goes through a cleansing, and why does it have to go through the cleansing only because mankind makes it so if we didn't if we could get a hold of ourselves if we can be in charge of us if we don't lean to everybody around us and believe their way but believe what is in your heart believe what you feel believe all of those yes we're struggling yes we may not have a job there's so many things. I was on welfare for several years. I had nothing. I was going in a wheelchair. But you know what? I could also see, if I had not gone that way, would I even want to love mankind the way I do? Would I want to help mankind the way I do? Who knows? Maybe not. So you know, this is we're right now. It's like. It's like we're going through the wilderness. Okay, guys, you want to go through the wilderness and you want to – what do you want to do? Do you want to survive? And if we want to survive, then we have to be in charge of who we are. And people are in charge of us. That's stupid. Yeah. I'm not letting anyone be in charge of me. And I can tell that Ryan does not want anyone being in charge of no, him. No,
1: absolutely not. Nope. I, I, can, you know, I get upset when people say, have a nice day. They have like, I said, don't tell me what to do. <laughs>
2: that's right. That's the truth. Don't so infringe up right. upon me. Oh no, well, well, here's have a the big one. Day. Oh no, 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 Ryan. Yeah. It's I'm no. You're in hell. You're you're in you in need. You're really in need, and you're really down your luck, right? I'm going to pray for you. Oh, I'll Now that's you. that's the big one. I'm going to pray for you. All right. Well, is there something more you could do? <laughs> And then just pray for that person because, you know, when they walk out the door, nobody's praying for you.
0: <laughs>
2: <Sorry>. <laughs> and so I say, take it on myself. I'm going to take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm if I can take care of myself, I'll take care of all my family, and I will do whatever I can to make my family okay. But, see, you're the same. You're very close-knit. Your mom, your dad everything in your family. You do it together. You love each other. And it's, you know what? We just need more people like you and your family. So you need to bring well, your family my, more on. If we
1: have more people like my family, I love my family. I know they're listening right now, but they they will populate the planet and they will make everyone else go crazy. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: okay. But that's okay. But you know what? They won't take. They will give. Your family are givers. So uh, that, they're, that's they're, they're so cool. joyful. They're
1: pretty cool, but... Um, you know speaking about your family i mean think about your your collective soul group that you came in
0: with yes
1: are you going to are you, is this your final life incarnation and what was the purpose of you to come in for this life incarnation what were some of the major lessons that you came in here to learn and i guess there's another part to that is what is your next lifetime looking like what are you planning on doing in your next lifetime
2: um i think i'm going to leave that up to god but as far as I'm concerned uh, since I'm not him. Um, I believe that I came into earth to be a mouthpiece for God because I died several times now. I died twice. But but I really believe that it's like let people know the truth. Um, And, not that I expect people to to believe i don 't like people who just take what I say as fact, I think people need to uh, don't don't follow people uh, don't make people gods don 't make them like, "Oh, they are so wonderful no, because all of us have our problems in our, our life and we have our addictions and we have all the other things that you 're not seeing so but I, I think that we've got to – I think I'm here to help mankind in my little way. Now, I look at the Earth, and on this Earth, there's a dot. That one dot is Ryan, and another dot is me, and another you your Rod Steiner. And see, we have all these dots. Well, each of us has a dot on the planet Earth. I mean, and we have a house, and we're paying taxes on that little dot. But we can do something if if you do one little thing, one small thing, that can lift up your community. Pick up a piece of paper off the ground. Do whatever you can. If you see a person who, you know, I, I, I know someone who is um, a uh, works for the homeless, and when the ho- and the homeless and and they will say, well, I would lose my job if I gave the homeless, uh, say, a dollar. And I think to myself, okay, well, who's out there looking at you? <laughs> They're not going to see you give the. I and mean, especially if you're like 2,000 miles away from wherever you work. But people have excuses. And we don't need an excuse to be kind. We don't need an excuse to love. Well, nobody needs these excuses. Yeah, I mean, my father deserted my mother when I was uh, three three years old or four years of age and and it my husband disappeared when my children were only four or five and probably six years of age i mean it was like karma hitting karma mother has hers you see what i mean so but i could have looked at life and said oh isn't this terrible that this happened to me no it made me stronger and it made me more appreciative And I love life. I'm like you. I love it. I want to do whatever I can. At 81, I'm still youthful, and I am going to maintain youth until 110, and I will do whatever I can to make my little dot in the earth be worth something. And you all are worth something. And that's the problem. Nobody believes they're worth something. You are worth everything. Every person out there that's listening to me, you're all worth, you're so precious, but you don't see it. You think you're fat. You think you're ugly. You think you're too thin. You think all of these thoughts, but it is in your own thinking that's causing your own problems. And you need to look at yourself. Look in the mirror. I, you know, when I had rheumatoid arthritis, because I was, everything was getting crooked, I would take a shower, and I would actually get out of the shower and kiss my hands and say to my hands, hands, you are so beautiful, you are so wonderful, and you are going to serve me well. My feet, the same way. You have to baby yourself. You have to look at yourself. Nobody else is going to do it. No one is going to make you feel good, not your husband, not your wife, nobody, but you have to do it yourself. And that's the way it should be. Nobody has to baby us. We know we're precious, and I want you to you're so precious, and I see that. I, you, you, Ryan, see what you see, and that is okay because out of that, half of what Ryan tells you is not true. Ryan is the most gentle of souls that is walking our planet Earth, but he says things that he wants to say to get you shocked, but that's not who Ryan is. I didn't tell you it's Well, I, I don't him.
1: know when I look at myself in the mirror I, I do I tell myself I love it. Yeah, but I but I also say myself like you know one day I'm going to make a cannibal very happy I'm going to I'm going to oh, sure. I'm going to feed a whole bunch of cannibals they're going to look at me like I'm a fox. No person.
2: you <laughs> won't no you won't because if you said that you could well now you know there may be people who would love to eat you honey so I mean, it's I up am to you. I'm
1: very high in salt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's right. But you I, probably got too much sodium. <laughs> so yeah, I,
1: I do. I, I like salt and su- I love salt
2: and sugar. So
1: I'm very high, but I'm bad. I'm too many calories. So I don't know.
2: You are not. But you're I'm not. Client, you're. You're high th-
1: in calories, but. But I've, I've got a lot of love, so maybe that uh, maybe the love will be good. You,
2: you, Don't listen to him because he is so wonderful and so loving. And this is not because I even want to come back on the show. Because And you do not have to call me for a reading, please. I'm booking up until November of this year. I I don't even need a reading, so don't even think you have to do that. Uh, so Just so go sad. to my website and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that's amazing. Your website,
2: patriciam.com. Uh,
1: Patricia M. M. I just want to give That's everyone a um, quick little recap about today's okay. reading it was it was phenomenal i really enjoyed this show and uh, you know let me just uh, end the way that we traditionally do miss patricia michelle international okay. respected psychic medium i want to thank you so much for being on our program today we learn more about you by going to your website at patriciam.com i have to tell you i was real blown away today um, you know, you know a lot of great insights, but the fact that you're naming specific people in my life, and, you know, I don't know how you pulled that information up, because all that, that information really is not, I keep a relatively low profile, so that's amazing that you're able to pull that information up. So um, thank you, and thank you for your uh,
2: Yeah, Honey, words. it's called the universe. <laughs> you're funny.
1: <laughs> okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, Ms. Patricia Michelle. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Caza, and Miss Constance Tellas. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Tooth Radio show, please go to our website at out Till next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care, and thank you so much for listening.
0: Goldman McCormick PR, also a specialist in website development, radio show creation, press conferences, media training, and so much more. Check out GoldmanMcCormick.com for more information. GoldmanMcCormick.com Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks